curatorial space, institutional space, social and political and ethical and economic space, deep space, outer space, inner space. Space is an issue for everyone, yes, but it has specific resonance for those who make exhibitions and run institutions, and a bit differently for women in general. How we move through it, how we claim it, how we narrate and thematize it, how we fund it, how we labor in it, how we construct it, how we are trapped in it or trap others in it. Women in Space a two-day symposium that thematized the role of scale, space, and power in envisioning women in the art system and made reference to the expiratory nature of space travel and all its attendant problematics and projections. Taking the measure of a wide swath of art institutions and spaces run by women curators in recent years, it would seem that the art spaces they activate do not often stress the importance of size, the need for expansion, or the importance of demographic media impact, but rather the necessity of programs that encourage a qualitative interaction between different social spheres as they relate to the exhibitions, public programs, and the continuous presence of the artist community. But the question remains, do women art professionals aim for this outcome or is this the result of the difficult and adaptive process to the very patriarchal conditions in which they, as women in a system created by and for men, are mandated to work? Ideas of intimacy, the smaller scale, and the need for a social space in which to express authentically and in solidarity can seem to clash simultaneously with the larger, louder, seemingly more ambitious view of what women should want. What do all these ideas, projected or not, imply? And how do they manifest in space itself? How have such ideas affected the view of women who claim space, as it were, large or not? We forgot other spaces. So I would claim that the future of our practices is not in reeducating the museum into the off space, the off space into the museum, but probably like the spaces that we have available, and I think that artists has been pointing towards them are, yeah, it's for example, understanding poverty. So imagine uh, educating artists and curators and so on in the practice of understanding that poverty, even if is very hard substance, is not at all complete impossibility. So even in poverty, there is dynamics. How do these dynamics work? Unless we understand the dynamic of poverty, it's very difficult to understand what's possible in terms of artistic practice and how is poverty linked to the reconstruction of that territory in relationship with migration, in relationship with like white poverty or our own populations and poverty, and so on and so forth. So that's for me like one space that, for example, we have never been kind of naming because we are thinking about uh, the institutions as such. And I think that, that that's exactly what the controversy is going to be. Because unless we claim poverty as our as our substance, 
And then we move away from ideologies, like that we are kind of the margins, or we are lateral, or parallel, or so on and so forth to the big institutions. Because at the end of the day, our dream is really, of course, if re-education. But what happens if we reform something completely? So if we are accustomed to reform behaviors, but if you reform behavior of something completely, this something stops being that. So a complete, you know, if you, if you learn a human to be an elephant, if it's 100% successful, you are an elephant. So, and then what? So what are you gonna do with a successful um, MoMA of Spacey? So, or something like that, what is that? So this is an interesting question as well, because we are completely reformists. We only say like, no, no, it would be so nice if Glenn Lowry is also understanding the social practices of New York in the 60s. But what if he understands it so well that he turns into an activist? I think, poor Glenn. And what is he <laughs> going to do with all the money that we as activists normally disclaim? No, no, I don't want so much money. So, and then poor Glenn has all this space now with reforms and enlargements and galleries and so collections. Fuck. What are we going to do with him? Send him to therapy? So how are we going to deal with these things? So, you know, so it's impossible. So if we reform something to the core, this something is not that something, it's something else. So one part probably should be interesting to reform for the sake of what happened, but the other part is a complete different discourse of space. And I, I would claim that poverty is our, is our alliance for the future. I think it's not very sexy, but we already understood that richness, wealth, is our alliance. Everyone understood that uh, private donors, that people are now taking the space that before uh, the public money took. So symmetrical to that, we should also do our homework and understand poverty, I think. You cannot wish poverty to people because uh, there is a kind no, of... No, 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 I was not wishing it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is enough of it already. Yes, so because I, we are in poverty in But way. what I but mean is that it's very, fun, it's very interesting that we educate people for democracy and uh, welfare, when actually uh, I would claim that 80% of the world is not running a democratic system. So what, how are we gonna understand the rest? How can we prepare ourselves for contexts that are not given the conditions that we have been trained in having for a practice? So what happened, and I think it's absolutely legitimate uh, I think it would be absolutely wishful thinking to think that poverty is going to disappear rapidly because we are not in that economical dynamic anymore. So you could w wish for it, but it's not happening. Yeah, what does what it mean for the future of are art? We, are, we, are we discussing? Are we discussing the poverty in the kind of microcosm of the art world or a general kind of no, society? No, no, no. I'm understanding that if before we were talking mostly about patrimonial questions, practices and heritage for the common good, institutionalizing the praxis in order to represent those values through an artistic practice, it's legitimate to understand that poverty is as much as a context as is our new metropolitan encyclopedic museum. But I mean, in a way, at this point, you are in the political discussion that we've always been in because poverty is, I would almost say, a necessity for capitalism worldwide to exist. It's in the system, so I'm not really understanding how you would like to activate that as a space or as a... 
No, I think I'm not saying that I want to activate poverty. So I'm not activating poverty as because poverty is not a community. So we cannot apply this language. It's not a subject, but is a set of conditions which, first of all, are not even. Poverty has not the same form in every context. So we should. We gave us an incredible effort in the art world. Let's say in the last. 30 to 50 years, perhaps, to understand uh, political organizations, political action, uh, you know, ladies positive, like all the things that has to do with agency and what we can do. But I think that in order to do that further, we need to take very seriously into account the understanding of how these conditions are allowing us to work further. You know, poverty is not the border. That's what I'm trying to say. Because otherwise, our museums are going to be only subject uh, to the to a, like diminishing um, middle class and to a very elitistic uh, upper class that's growing. I think that's, the, that's what's happening. So how to deal with the rest? I mean, it's interesting, the, the artist Andrea Butner, who's been doing like a long project on iconographies of poverty and impoverishment, recently said in an interview, there's no art history of poverty. And it's very, very interesting that the, that, that the condition in which most of the world lives under is a kind of blind spot in terms of imagery, in terms of objects of study, in terms of the way we even analyze the way we work. I mean, most of the people here who were speaking earlier today, at one point it was mentioned how difficult it is to fundraise, how difficult it is to to, uh, to fund the institutions. And I think, of course, to bring it back, of course, to, to gender, you know, poverty is also gendered many of the times. And it's more difficult to fundraise as like a woman museum director or, um, than it is often as a man and these kinds of things. And yet I think they go unspoken. I think it's interesting that you say that this needs to be an object of study. It needs to be an object of study, but also something sort of brought in the light and, and really seen from all sides because it's, it's one thing, it's just something that goes unspoken continually. And I wonder if it's also because the art world is funded in such an enormous way by the highest echelons of, of wealth that it becomes crass to even speak about this. It becomes, unless it's like distantiated and across the world in some sense, you know? But still, I mean, we get a small sliver of the, you know, of the 1%. They give much more money to other, other things. You are addressing a class question more, I think, no. possibly. Because for me, poverty, what kind of poverty are we discussing? Are we discussing poverty in Syria, in Afghanistan, or are we discussing the fact that um, more uh, members of our societies in the Western context are precarized even more and they can't pay their bills, uh, etc. Et it's different types of poverty. And in the end, I mean, the art world, in, in essence, it's it's a it's it's I don't know, it's a lesser poverty than in other places. We're not talking about, you know, uh, workers in China that are in mines. In that sense, it's it, we are a bourgeois product. I'm talking about poverty as the new city, kind of. Ah. In order in order to make an image, I was thinking about it not as a class question, but as a city question, as a density, as a as a place where there is plenty, where there is many. So as the, think about poverty as you would think about New York in the 30s. 
So that's what I am thinking, trying to understand. And it's a very difficult exercise. It's very polemic what I'm saying, I know it. But um, if we don't think about it seriously, then how can we are going to understand the substance of the future in relationship with something that we have fear, which is ignorance? So, you know, um, how are we going to address, penetrate into, into a substance that we don't know? I think, why do we want to work with communities if those communities we have not even, we have not the slightly idea because our kind of DNA um, in art does not come from there. I think art never, never form but it's in, those, in those places. Do they want to work with us? And no, it, no, no, yeah. no, no, I'm sure not. I think they are just uh, voting against it. But that's, I think, I am also saying that there is perhaps a new challenge in trying to in trying to go there, not you know like uh, um, let's call it positive colonialism, because it's actually they are not actively asking for us. Yes, but then again, the, the question comes: um, Are we are we not discussing the political? Because how can we discuss these concepts if we don't insert the political in science? Because I try to suspend it, not to make it like you know, not to make it a property again of the left or the right. The progressive, if we want to abandon the left or a new left that hasn't yet come, I, I don't know. But for example now, like from Germany to Spain, it is the right that's claiming the countryside. It is the right that wants to appropriate exactly that poverty for something ideologically. So um, what I mean is it would be interesting to, um, yeah, to address that in terms of artistic production and curatorial and presentation projects. So, you know, this is our new city. Like, uh, what about that? I agree, but I, 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 my humble opinion, I cannot see it outside of the political and the ideological. I mean, vis-a-vis in, 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 -vis this alt-right and, and right-wing populism, we have to have a left-wing populism, and I will say populism, uh, unfortunately. It can, be, it can have, I believe, a positive way to counteract that. Otherwise, we, we lost the game. But yeah, there, yeah, well. There was some experience before. Before it was a right and left question. There were some, uh, you know, maybe, yeah, in, in France, for instance, the Communist Party, so it's not, it's not out of politics at all, was, you know, Antoine Vitesse, these kind of people were trying to get out of a very uh, rich uh, way of practicing art. And... There was a will to to go everywhere, to in a populist way also, that has completely collapsed in France. And now it's been like kind of recuperated by the neoliberal uh, ideology, and it's it's terrible. So there's no, but it's not like if there was no history. I think you could, you know, I'm I'm very interested by this uh, connected history and. And what you say is about, uh, yeah, this history was written by the people who won and not by, by the people who lose, but nevertheless, it happened. And you find some traces of this. You find, you have to, to look for it. It's, a, it's, it's something to work at. It's like going to a non-strictly occidental history of art. It's a lot of work, but you have, you have some elements. It's not like if it's dead. So I think it's uh, a future poverty is something else, but there are some, it's not like out of nowhere. 
I agree. I mean, especially you have it in the history of Central Eastern Europe, where you had, this was not exactly going to poverty, but you had all these workers' theaters, you had all these kind of like, try to yeah. establish art and culture as a kind of like, human need for everyone, with so-and-so outcome. I mean, one also has to say, this was not, this is like, there's, there's reasons why there's, there are traces left of this, but for instance, you would also see that it differs from the art forms, like someone like Heiner Müller um, would have said that after the fall of the Berlin Wall, he said that's the end of theater. Theater needs totalitarism. It needs that pressure, it needs to be in this pressure cooker, then real theater can be powerful and engaging and speaking to everyone. Yeah, Otherwise, it's just amusement. Yeah. Um, you could question that, because on the other hand, the price you pay on a human scale for these kind of like saying, oh, you can only make good theater under totalitarianism, of course, doesn't count for the people who have went to jail or had no possibilities. Or so. But I think, again, we, could, we always come to the question, how do you define what, yeah, what kind of poverty you are talking about? It's because, like, I know in the, in the German definition of poverty, we will never get rid of poverty because poverty is defined that everyone who has less than 50% of the income is poor. So which means, mathematically, you will always have poor people because there will always be people who have less than 50%. It, it doesn't matter how much everyone... But probably I'm, I'm going to polemically claim that it's not a bad thing, perhaps, to try to aim for a method that would introduce art as a life curricula for everyone, depending mm -hmm. on the conditions. And this is very polemically because on the one hand it's very tied to a certain ideology, and then I would try to untie it for a certain ideology because these ideologies are not forever. They have an historical origin and they have also an historical end. And I think that it's, very, it's just an interesting thinking um, to, to try to reintroduce it and uh, go away from this kind of institutional organizations that we have been relearning in the Western capital uh, system. So try to, yeah, try to spread it in a, in a, radical, in a radical way. But I don't think that, w w my question is that um, we haven't been not working on that because we are under the assumption that poverty would disappear. I am under the assumption that poverty is not gonna disappear and therefore, since it's there, it's worth taking it super seriously, and also as a space of possibility, and as a philosophical question for the arts, and a life presupposition for artists and professionals. So, on the one hand. On the other, I also am very concerned about the way that we skip um, the non-democratic conditions. If we do skip non-democratic conditions, it means that we think that all these practices that we are um, putting forward are only possible in democratic conditions and what the rest of the world does with art is their question and we ignore it because it has no value, because it's coming from the wrong origin, or we consider it automatically bubbles in situations where we know that it's not democratic, but we obliterate it because it's good for us to think that the individual is taking care of it. So a systemic, anti-systemic contradiction all the time. So uh, these are questions that interest me because, of course, um, how, you know, otherwise the practice that we develop is gonna be reduced to, to a very small space. So, and the question of a space um, um, is, is also tied with the question of how the space is defined, the space that you really want to be in and the space that you don't consider 
So what about the space that we don't consider? And um, yeah, just like uh, thinking out loud, also because we were talking this morning about all these practices of uh, the discomfort, uh, also the nearness, uh, the ways, and at the end, we are subscribing these practices to a certain idea of the left, because they are more active than others. They are much more proactive in the social than others, and yet they are not necessarily practices of the left. So, you know, but we consider the work of many women in certain medium sized to, to off spaces automatically political just because they don't have a budget. And that's an interesting uh, question to consider. I mean, for me, I would like to think of ideology outside of the political party in that sense, because of course feminism is an ideology or equal rights is an ideology. So I would subscribe to that type of ideology, taking, trying to take out the left and the right. I think they're almost obliterated and we need to find kind of different languages to, to address. But I would like to give a, an example maybe to discuss which is really pertinent to our practices. A week ago in the Netherlands, of course they had the municipal elections and Baudet, which is an alt-right new figure of the alt-right, is the first party. And he called out for students in universities and in high schools to film their leftist teachers and has an actual online uh, website against cultural Marxism. So I think we have come to this point where things are really like taking a turn um, that will affect us very much as, as cultural practitioners. No, no, I soon. totally agree with that. Um, I think that they are radicalizing also because we are in a space on, of transition. I don't believe that this is gonna stay for a long time, but it may fucked up a whole generation. So, you know, uh, it's not a really big um, relief to tell that it's a transitional phase of systems that are on the verge of being transformed because we have no idea exactly what's coming out. And, uh, and they have, as you say, they have a big, a big, a big effect, I think. Spain, 12% of the population, I think at the end of the month, it's gonna be uh, an election, and for the first time after the death of Franco, it may be that a radical right has a position in the parliament. I think my parents are gonna commit suicide. I think for a whole generation, this is unthinkable, and it's thinkable, it's happening. So the same in Germany with almost yeah, the same, kind of in between 12 to 16%, depending on regions and so on and so forth, even to 25%, same in France, Brexit, welcome to the party, no? And uh, Scandinavia, like changing radically as well, uh, if it ever were left, and, and so on and so forth. So you are right, but... You said at the end that, that, that to think of poverty as a, as, as a concept, as an idea, and to put it as a life curriculum, you said, in the, in, the, in the arts. I think that's an interest, very interesting proposition to think about. And possibly, uh, you know, keeping in mind these realities, but trying to, to leave the political party and focus on, on, on ideology outside of it, maybe. Participants were Nicola Dietrich, Mareike Dittmer, Raphael Dörig, Fanny Fetzer, Elena Filipovic, Iliana Fukianaki, Ines Goldbach, Sabine Himmelsbach, Claire Hoffmann, Manuela Moscoso, Marie Murassiol, Elfie Turpin and Nadine Wittlesbach. 
moderated by Juice Martinez and Quinn Latimer. Promise No Promises is a podcast series produced by the Women's Center for Excellence, a research project between the Art Institute at the FHNW Academy of Art and Design in Basel and the Institut Tussouche, a joint venture with Grazina Kulczyk and Art Stations Foundation Switzerland. The Women's Center for Excellence is conceived as a think tank tasked to assess, develop and propose new social languages and methods to understand the role of women in the arts, culture, science and technology, as well as in all knowledge areas that are interconnected with the field of culture today. If you're interested to get more information about further podcasts and events related to this project, please go to our website, institut-kunst.ch. That's institut-kunst.ch or request information or subscription to our newsletter at info.kunst.hgk at fhnw.ch That's info.kunst.hgk at fhnw.ch Instituto Sush is part of Museum Sush, an initiative by Art Stations Foundation Switzerland and Grashina Kulczyk. More information can be found at museumsusch.ch. That's www.museumsusch.ch. This podcast was produced by the Art Institute HGK FHNW in Basel and Institut du Susch, Art Station Foundation Switzerland, 2019. Research Assistant Alice Wilke. Editing and Sound Design Elena Ziesa. Recordings Konrad Siegel and Chris Handberg. We also want to thank der Stiftung für Erforschung für Frauenarbeit for their support.